Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a fortnightly improvised audio drama series that uses role-playing game mechanics. Now this show regularly contains themes of supernatural horror, violence, and content that is not suitable for all listeners, so please use your discretion. I'm your host, show creator and narrator, Aubrey Lydon. And with me, as always, are Chester Lydon and BJ Ingate. Hello! My name is BJ Ingate. I play Alistair Stern, a 19-year-old emo with no friends and no job security. He works as a night watchman, uh, doing just odd jobs around the town for his father, the mayor, while spending his free time in secret, pursuing his true calling as an amateur cryptozoologist and detective of the supernatural. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Hey. Pretty good. I play, uh, I'm Chester and I play Ernest Marsh, a lifelong Boy Scout nature enthusiast who has been given a chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a park ranger. This dream has led him to the Hook Bar Archipelago. And this is our second time recording this. Yes, because the recording software stuffed up and we lost the first 10 minutes of the episode. So yeah. we're back to the beginning. Hey. We're going to go fast, 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 speedy, fast, speedy. Fast, so fast, speedy, speedy. Here's a fun fact about Ernest. Oh, he's Ernest. jumping in. I know. Ernest has recently been getting into death metal. <laughs> so... Uh, he likes the the tempo of it, the beat, the enthusiasm, all that type of stuff. He feels it very invigorating. He doesn't understand any of it. Uh, he doesn't understand the point of it exactly, but he likes that it exists. So that's that's Ernest's fun fact. What about you, BJ? Uh, so in I think the second episode, I just randomly said as I was jumping out of the window as, as Alistair I said this is not the first time that Alistair has jumped out of a window uh, so I'm going to give you some background Alistair lore so he's jumped out of many windows in his life um, but the most recent excluding you know the adventure with the with the chief the most recent time was when he was uh, sent on a handyman mission to one of the old ladies of the town who had somehow managed to damage the lock on her bedroom door. And she was like, Alistair, can you fix it for me, please? He was like, yeah, sure. So, you know, he's fiddling around with his lock and trying to fix it. And he manages to lock himself inside her bedroom, which is on the second story of her house. And the only way he could get out was jumping through the window, Assassin's Creed style, hitting on the road, like bruised his, bruised his arm and stuff. And he like... Walk back around and saw her in the garden. He's like, "Yeah, weird, still broken. Don't know, don't know what I can do about that." She's like, "Oh, what happened to your elbow?" He's like, "It just, I bleed sometimes. It's fine." She just walked away. She's never set foot in that room again. <laughs> <laughs> she is locked out of her bedroom. Yeah, she had to like use one of the spare bedrooms now. <laughs> That's quite sad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little really bit. sad. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna jump right in. Now, in the last episode, you guys uh, were called to what you thought was going to be some pest control action. It ended up being some pseudo-communist revolutionary action. Um, and we rejoin you uh, just as you get into the car after this adventure. So we find our protagonists in the car, uh, returning from their pest control excursion. They sit side by side as the night grows darker and the headlights illuminate the tall trees that crowd close to the road. The radio in the car crackles and squawks. No matter how you jiggle the dial or give it a slap, uh, no signal is coming through. Stupid thing. Faintly, you hear, almost unintelligible in fact, The tides grow. The sea rises. Lost in the static. Huh. Alistair's phone rings. 
Ernest, can you? And I take my phone out of my pocket. Can you answer that? I uh, I take it from him, and then I uh, who's who's calling? Uh, it is says Dad. I immediately hand it back to Alistair. Like I, I don't want, I don't want to. Oh, I'm just talking to Mister Stone. Oh, it's Dad. Can you like? Can you hold it? Okay, I, I uh, answer it and I put it on speaker. Dad. Ali, have I told you? How many times have I told you? Don't drive and answer the phone. It's very dangerous. It's, Ernest is hot. I'm not touching the phone. Ali, listen. I'm in a council meeting, and apparently the phones are off the hook. Uh, people are complaining. The radio station's down. Um, all of the captains of ships and whatever, apparently this is a big deal. Can you go and sort it? Just give that DJ a good kick for me. Dad, do I have to do it tonight? I've been out what working. What else have you been doing? I've been out working. Working at what? Some I didn't give pest, you any jobs. Pest control. No, uh, with, you're not paid to do the... pest control work, sir. No, Dad, I was taking... Uh, Look. Okay, what do you need? Hold on, hold on. Uh, over his shoulder, he's talking to someone else and he's going... What? No, no. T just tell Mrs. Hudson to suck it up. No nightlife for her tonight. Look, I don't care. I'm getting it sorted. Look, I'm on it. I've got it sorted. There's a man on the job, you know? <laughs> Ali, look, I've got to go. Can you just get this sorted? I'll see you at home tonight. Uh, yep. All right, I thanks. Bye. He bye. hangs up. Bye. bye. Okay. I uh, put down the phone. I was like... Okay. Uh, busy night, I suppose. Yeah, look, I need to take a run up to the radio station. I can take you home if you want, but it's on the way, so it'd probably be quicker, but like, I can... I don't mind. No, I can no, take you, you home first. Just, I'll, I'll wait in the car. I'll be fine. Okay. All right. It won't be long. I've just I've just got to go figure out, sort out the issue, and then I'll be, I'll be right. I can take you home. You continue on winding through the trees. Uh, the road takes you uphill as you uh, exit the town of Port Staples and head up towards uh, the ridge where Alistair knows the radio station tower to be. What do you do while you're in the car? So like, I I like the the tempo of it. It's this type of type of thing. I'm, I'm not very good with beats, but yeah. like it's a it's an invigorating type of thing. Like it's like it's like getting coffee injected into your eyeballs or something like that. It's like yeah. I I get that. I just have never really got like I don't I can't enjoy death metal. I just can't I just well, can't what, bring myself to enjoy then it. Then what you enjoy? Uh EDM, I guess. Oh there's, oh, there's a there's a tape in the thing. No, no, and, that's and, that's and not. Leans forward to uh, press play on the tape player. Uh, you hear the first few notes of a very elegant sounding Spanish guitar, acoustic guitar song, start playing. Um, but before it can get further than than a couple of notes, um, Alistair reaches down, presses the eject button, and the tape comes out of the machine, and he throws it out of the window. It's like, oh, that's weird. That's previous owner, I guess. Must have been. Ernest is kind of just frozen with his finger still on the play button. And just... Huh. Yeah. Weird. <clears throat> so what's EDM? As you clear the trees, <laughs> you can see a rise ahead of you. A hilltop covered in long grass. Uh, the scene is dominated by a large industrial radio tower rising high into the sky. A red light atop it flashing periodically. At the foot of this tower uh, is a low squat brick building. Faded peeling sign above the door reads, Hookbar Radio Station, home of Hookbar On Air. Uh, you pull into the parking lot, which is tiny. Uh, the weeds are growing knee high through the cracks in the cement. 
The only other car there is a rusty green camper van with a white roof and a surfboard strapped to the top. Uh, you can see that someone has hand-painted a flock of seagulls uh, across the passenger side door. Flock of seagulls, yeah! <laughs> Alistair pulls up and switches the car off. and He's like, you can wait here if you want, I won't be long. Uh, Alistair kind of stretches out a little bit. He's like, yep, okay. Alistair gets out of the car and walks towards the front door. Alright, um, as you approach the door... Ching! What? No sliding doors? No. <laughs> no. Oh. Not in this That's place. That's not what a sliding door sounds like. Ching! 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 <laughs> anyway, as you approach the doors that do not do that, uh, <laughs> you see a dimly flickering neon sign that says open. Around it, there are notices for community events from 20 years ago, hanging forlornly. Uh, there are posters for bands your parents' generation have long forgotten. <laughs> Um, they're sun-bleached, a testament to the fact that no one really comes here much. As you step inside, uh, the reception room is small. It smells like musty carpet and cat. The floor is orange shag. Uh, the walls are 1970s laminex wood. Uh, there's a reception desk, a couple of chairs. Uh, the desk is piled high with books and newspapers, odds and ends of electrical equipment, repair parts. As you approach, there is a fluffy grey cat asleep on a cushion on one of the chairs. What is Alistair doing? He's just thinking to himself, this place is awful. Oh. This is not... I don't like it. And he, uh, he walks up to the reception desk and he bangs very loudly with no regard for the sleeping cat, like seven times on the bell at the desk. Hud! Hud! Bangs on the bell a few more times. Hey, it's me, Alistair! Alistair has probably been here once or twice uh, to fit new XLR cables to mixers to bits of newfangled technology that Herb doesn't really understand. And he needs a Alistair helpful young guy. To him. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. has YouTube <laughs> to be able to do it. Herb insists on still using vinyl for most things. Yeah, yeah. As you're standing in this room, knocking away at the bell, waiting for a response. You feel a baseline hum of electrical equipment coming down the hall from where you know the recording studio to be. All right, I'm gonna slowly head down the hall. Okay, um, so you head to the left, down the hall. Uh, there's a couple of doors on your left that you know to be um, a transmission station, a room for files and for cassettes and all those things. And the door on your right is the recording studio. A knock on the door. Herb, Herb, are you in there? Uh, the baseline hum of just equipment running uh, gets louder as you approach the door, but there is no, no sound as such. Okay, uh, open the door. You open the door and step into this room. It's dark. The ceiling's strip lighting seems to have blown. A filing cabinet is in the corner. There's hulking technology, which you kind of recognize all around the place. Some of them are um, speakers. Some of them are recording machines. Some of them are 40-year-old pieces of technology. Um, this entire place is a clutter of cables, mixing desks, crates of vinyl, stacks of CDs. Uh, in the center, at a little round table, there is 
uh, figure slumped over the table. Yeah, I walk up to it in a lower voice. I'm like, Herb, are you all right? Herb? Uh, the DJ, Herb Cush. <laughs> um, <laughs> is a man in his uh, late 40s with a thin blonde beard and long hair that he wears uh, kept back in a bandana. Uh, he's exceedingly thin and he likes to wear Metallica t-shirts and sandals. <laughs> uh, he, as you're looking at <laughs> him... Metallica t-shirts and Metallica sandals. Yeah. Uh, he looks unwell. He's pale and exhausted with dark circles under his eyes. And you can see, weirdly, he's got cables and wires um, on his lap, on the table. They're kind of draped over his shoulders and around his arms. He looks like he's got himself tangled in some mess of cabling trying to fix something, and he is out cold. We cut back to Ernest in the 1978 Honda Civic. Well, he's now gotten out, so he's uh, listening to some death metal on his uh, little phone, and he's trying to you know, like, copy the, the word. <laughs> and he's kind of dancing around the car a little bit, and he's going to go up to the uh, van with seagulls painted on it and have a little look around it. Is he admiring the artwork, or is he uh, snooping? Kind of snooping a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of park rangering at the moment. Just got to make sure everything's, you know, he's parked in a not disabled section, make sure it hasn't been here too long type of thing. All right, you can peer through the window and you can see um, that there are books and newspapers and there's coffee cups and some takeaway menus and stuff in the front seat. Peering around the seat, you can kind of see... Uh, into the back where there's obviously a bed in this camper thing and a stove. Um, Looking at the fairly flat tyres on this car, you would say Herb has been living out of his car in this car park for about 10 years. (laughs) Oh, I was going to be like, is there any dust on the steering wheel? Okay, that's a bit more... uh, He's going to look at it as like... "Hmm." As you make your way around to the other side, um, you can see that from this this side of the hill, you've got a, a... beautiful view of the town laid out of the port and the ocean and the other islands and you can imagine that this is a a pretty nice spot there's a couple of deck chairs and a little little metal table there's some potted plants and things hanging around um out on the grass here uh ernest is admiring the view he's going to pull out his phone once again switching off music and he's going to call bernie all right sure um, are you calling the station or Bernie's mobile number, which he gave you? Bernie's mobile. Um, all right, yeah. So it rings a couple of times, um, and then you hear a crackle as Bernie picks up. Should We should probably mention that uh, the radio station tower is not the cell phone tower. There is, that is a separate mm. thing. This is the radio network. Um, Bernie picks up and he says, uh, Hello, this is Officer Bernie Todd. Hey, Bernie, this is uh, Ernest Marsh. Oh, Ernie. Hi, Ernie. How are you going? Hey, I'm uh, pretty good. So I'm just over at the radio tower with Alistair just seeing what's going on. Apparently there's some outage or something like that. Um, yeah, I was hearing lots of calls. Yeah. We're uh, going to be heading up there, but there's uh, nothing I can really do about that. And Randy just sort of breaks stuff. <laughs> um, as a, um, okay, uh, I was just having a look at the uh, whoever the guy who runs this place. He's I'm presuming he lives out of his van here. It looks like it's been here for like... 
a while. The tower, the tires are flat, all that type of stuff. It's a bit of a weird type of situation. I thought just thought I'd let you know that someone's clearly been living out here. Oh yeah, Herb lives in his van. Okay. Um, if you've ever been out there, he makes a mean chili dog. I'm just saying, uh, if you ever get the chance, get him to make it for you. Well, uh, I'm kind of looking at how messy the car is. Like, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, so you guys are heading up here? That we said? Uh, no, no, sorry. I am uh, just responding to some uh, noise complaints. Another dog, Mrs. Henderson. Something about a uh, nightlife not being on. Anyway, uh, I kind of got to go. If you need anything, uh, give me a call. Otherwise, uh, next time uh, we talk, you should uh, drop by the hospital, uh, check in on Gina. The doctor gave me a call this morning, apparently. Uh, she came around for a bit, and they're hoping that she'll uh, slip back into full consciousness. They can take her off the meds. Okay. Um, I do, Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that tomorrow. Um, could you, though, just text me, because uh, I know you're going to be busy. Could you text me Randy's number, just in case anything <clears throat> happens up here? I'd like to have a direct contact to someone who's you know, actively not, you know, who can come up here, like, because I know you're busy. Uh, yeah, Randy should be minding the station, um, which could mean any number of things. Yeah, I'll uh, I'm, I'll text you that in a minute. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, see you, buddy. I kind of pocket the phone, and I look back at the, at the, the building, I'm like, not, not another thing's going to happen tonight. <laughs> I haven't even started to process the fact that I was, had, I had to help a revolution of gnomes. I've been here two days. And I had to help a revolution of gnomes after last night. And, yeah, I'm just kind of hands on hips, kind of processing. Right, we cut back to Alistair in the recording room. I was just wondering, can I just... Do I need to roll or just to check if if he's, like, if he's electrified? Because, like, I'm going to touch him, but I don't want to... Do you have any kind of medical skill, I believe? No, Ernest? I don't. All right, then it's just a roll for me. Okay. Basically to figure out. Uh, it's a 10. All right, with a 10, um, you're pretty sure he's not been electrocuted. He's not dead, yeah. but he does seem unconscious. With a 10, you'd also say um, he doesn't look well. He looks actually very unwell. Yeah. Okay. And the whole situation seems off. Um, despite the living in the van and all of these things. Uh, from what you know of Herb, Herb is a pretty clean-cut guy. He takes care of himself pretty mm. well. He cares a lot about um, health and keeping active and these sort of things. Okay, I'm going to try and uh, like spin the chair around, untangle him from the wires and try and wake him up. And actually, as I as I do that, like I, I'm trying to like wake him up, I'm going to take out my phone and I'm going to call Ernest. All right, um, so the phone's ringing. Does Ernest pick up? Well, would that call have happened while he was on with Bernie? Oh, it would have. Yes, it would have. All right, as you call, uh, the phone rings once, then beeps, and uh, the voice comes through. This phone is busy right now. Damn, what could he possibly be doing? I pocket the phone, and I'll try again in a minute. Okay, so when you uh, try to kind of get Herb into a sitting position and uh, turn him around... He suddenly tenses as if a current has passed through him and he starts to move. He starts to sit up and then stand up and then he keeps moving upwards. He, in fact, rises off the ground. His eyes open, but they don't see you and they start to roll back in his head until there is nothing but white. 
As you back away, he continues to rise off the ground into the air. The cables and cords that seem to be latched onto him. In fact, now that you can see clearly, it looks as if maybe 20, 30, 40 of these cords have actually somehow worked their way into his skin around the wrists, around the elbows, around the ribs, over the neck. He has USB connections plugging into the tendons in his wrists. These cables rise with him. His mouth opens as, and as it does, the machines around you all power up into life. Suddenly dials are lighting up. There's flashing blue, red, yellow lights from different monitors. They come alive. Um, the lights overhead begin to flicker uncertainly as if someone's just turned up the power and turned it way up. Herb rises a little further and a voice, or is it several voices at once, almost comprised of static and garbled transmission, issue from his mouth and from every speaker in the station all at once. The tides roam, the seas rise, all are doomed, all will be consumed by the deaths. The tides roam. What's Alistair gonna do? Herb, can you can you hear me as I'm backing out of the room? Can you hear me? Are you there? Um, I'm pretty sure he can't, but I just want to try it in case. <laughs> All right. So, as he continues to start moving towards you, it's almost not quite Doctor Octopus sense. <laughs> These sort of tendrils of things are moving towards you as well, and yeah. it's hard to tell if they're supporting his weight or if it's purely the current of electricity passing through him as some kind of conduit that's moving him. Right. Um, but words come staccato out of his mouth, torn from different transmissions, news bulletins, and they say, You are in danger. You are danger. As he starts moving towards you. Okay, I'm going to sh- try and shut the door. Uh, all right, roll for me. Like, lock him behind the door. Yep. Uh, which is a nine. All right, that beats his roll as an opposed uh, speed, I guess. Okay. Uh, you're able to kick cords out of the way and um, stumble back into the passage. You slam the door and uh, you hear the same rumbling distortion of voice saying, Stop. Wait. Stop. So I'm going to lean my, my back against the door to stop it from opening. I'm going to take out my phone again. I'm going to try and call Ernest again. Can you just roll up for me one more time? Yep. Four. All right, the door opens the other way. (laughs) 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 You have your back leaned against it and then the door just opens from the inside. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to say that you fall in, but you're basically like, wow, okay. (laughs) That didn't work. Yep. Um, So which way are you going? You can either head right deeper into the building or you can head left towards the exit. I'm going to head left towards the exit, mm-hmm. still holding my phone. I'm assuming it's like three. Yep. Did I, did I, did You'd I have dial enough time it? to dial? I'm going to roll for my phone's battery. Or maybe <laughs> roll if... for like where you are in the conversation. So no, no, like, I would nah, say there's enough time to pass. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's natural one. So we cut to Ernest outside. <laughs> Oh, my music. My phone's dead. 
Right, back to Alistair. So Alistair's going to turn left and head outside the building. My thought is if I can... I, I want to try and find the fuse box on the outside of the building. Or I would have asked Ernest if he'd phone... If he'd answered. <laughs> All right. To, like, find the fuse box and cut the power to the whole building. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. All right. As you do so... I um, don't like it when Aubrey just rolls. Yeah. Gets me concerned. Yeah. As you do so, the these tendrils of cable flick out like bull whips and crack over your head and behind your legs both missing you uh, as it attempts to grab you and draw you back in you escape uh, down the corridor into the office uh, and it is pursuing you up the corridor it's cables connecting with the roof with the walls with the ground pulling the unconscious body of herb with it Right, we uh, cut to Ernest. Uh, roll luck for me. Does Ernest see what's going on inside the office? <laughs> is that a one? It's not a one. <laughs> Ernest is Ernest is, Ernest is pour, pouring at his dead phone, trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to figure out if he just turned it off or if the battery's dead. And then suddenly he sees a shooting star come through the night sky. He's going, "Wow, that's beautiful! Wow!" Behind him. Uh, Alistair is escaping the jaws of death. You know, if 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 we had fan art, this would be the perfect moment. It's like him just looking, and then me like getting throttled in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what is Alistair doing? So as Alistair's backing out of the door, he's gonna like call out. He's like, "What do you want from me? What do you what What are you trying to say? What do you What do you want?" As I'm slowly moving towards the door. Um, It's quickly quickly moving towards the door. As it it exits the hallway into this large room, it spreads out. These cables lengthen and continue to just take up more and more space in the room and the mass and the air around you. It opens its mouth, and again, and this is one voice, not many, and not one that you recognise, and not Herb's, and it says, Mayday! Mayday! Repeat, this is Brett Pastel requesting assistance! Please! Brett! Brett! Can you hear me? Brett! Mayday! Come in, Mayday! Um, it garbles and turns again, and we hear a weather announcer say, And we have slight thunder warnings for the Hoogba Archipelago coming in tonight. (laughs) And then a different voice. And now the tide is rising. Ah, okay, interesting. Um, is there... mm, The cat is, by the way. Uh, he jumped up, hissed, tail on end, and his darted for um, a different door. Okay, you should um, you should see if you can press like a fire alarm. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, actually, because I was gonna. Ask, so, is there? You know those those like fire reels that are in mm-hmm. like fire hoses. Is there one of those? And I'm assuming maybe like a fire alarm next to it. Um, yep, that would be in the opposite corner. So you would, you would kind of have to avoid an, a, an attack from this creature um, to get to them. But there is that, or there is the doors behind you. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna attempt to go for the fire alarm. All right. Um, you gonna roll for me? I'm just checking. I don't think I have it. Yet. I don't think sneaking is gonna. Help mm, this would this. not. <laughs> That is a two, Aubrey. Okay. Um, with a two, tell me what you do. So I'm I'm trying to get to the fire alarm 
and the fire hose. And I think in my panic, there's like a pile of old records or something and I don't see it and I my, my foot touches that and I trip over and like land on the ground. And then as I'm like trying to scrabble up, I'm assuming it catches up in that, that time. Yeah. So you trip and fall. And as you are trying to get to your feet, you feel cables sneaking around your ankles and around your wrist and then around your throat as this thing grapples you and starts to drag you backwards into the nest. Right. We cut to Ernest. So <laughs> Ernest walks into the building holding his phone. Alistair, do you have a charger? <laughs> I, need to, I need to charge my phone. Uh, between- Ernest sees a scene almost from a Renaissance painting, uh, except it's a technology demon trying to consume a person. <laughs> he kind of stands. Help me! He kind of stands there, and like the sentence kind of finishes. Like, I'm expecting a text. <laughs> <laughs> so, since he's already here, I'm definitely not going to call for help because he's right. already here. So, I'm going to take out my trying to take out my razor and cut at the. All right, we're going to make opposed rolls. Okay. Natural twelve. Let's go. All right, that's a two. Nice. You managed to uh, slice your way out of the ones around your your left wrist and around your leg, and you get to pull yourself free and flop onto the ground, still very much within range of this creature. Okay. Um, and it's going to take... <laughs> All right, so um, the creature is going to take a D6 of damage from your slashing. So roll a D6 for me. Okay. It takes one damage. Takes one damage. You cut one or two cables uh, and fall to the ground. Okay. All right. We're going to be officially in combat now. Um, so you've just gone. Ernest is going to go. And then okay. this creature that is no longer Herb is going to go. Okay. So seeing Alistair fall to the ground, I'm just going to run up and try and tase uh, 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 Herb. All right. Yeah. Go for it. All right. So that's an eight. So I hit. Yep, uh, eight's a success, so you hit. Sweet. And you're going to do... I think we agreed on a D... D6. D6, yep. And I do five damage. All right. Yeah. Um, you tase into this thing, and it recoils, but it also... The flashes of light grow brighter, and even now above, the, the strip lighting in the roof above you in this room begins to flicker and glow. And you're uncertain whether you've done much damage or whether you've added more power to it. I kind of look at Alice and I'm like, I feel like that was a bad thing to do. Right, it's the creature's turn. So for kind of like a physical representation, Alice is on the ground. I'm standing above him with the monster closest to me. Yep, Um, so it rolled a natural 1 and a natural 12. And so basically, at the same time, it's going to reach out for both of you. As it goes for Alistair... It's basically going to reach the extension of its cable and be unable to get him. So it it is sort of like chomping at you just a few centimetres from your skin. Uh, on the other hand, it uh, 100% got Ernest. Hold on, hold on. One is a natural, is a disaster. It needs to do something to hurt itself with that. We're getting a natural one. No, oh, don't argue true. with me. <laughs> if we did it... <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't make BJ fall and take damage when he fell earlier, mm. even though he failed. 
I think that's because I rolled a two, not a one. Yeah, that's not. Well, that's I don't a know. Failure, no, wait, no, I did. I, think I did roll a natural one. Sorry. Some in in some so situations anyway, where it's funnier. I don't know what to do to it to make it. It's pulls so hard that the cords like snap out of it. it All right, it pulls so so hard trying to reach Alistair that it unplugs something back in the other room. <laughs> but it doesn't know what, and you don't know what, and it'll come back to bite it later. <laughs> Let's go with that. All right. <laughs> Just a happy now. I'm very happy now. All right. Um. So on that note, it's going to three slashing damage. Um. As these sharp little ends of the cables uh, whip across your face and your shoulder. Okay. Um, and it also has kind of entangled you, so you're going to have to use an action to break out. Um, would Ernest have taken extra stress, given that he was telling himself that nothing else and then walked into the room? Yeah, I reckon you're later. both going to take some stress damage, so okay. I'm going to roll. Actually, I'll have you both roll a D. Six, let's say, yep. for how much stress Ooh. you were taking. Minus one. He's taking it pretty well. Four. I've not Four. taken it well. Okay. Uh, uh, because Ernest has been doing some self-talk, he's been thinking about how bad things could possibly get, and the gnomes were not that bad. He's kind of already in the headspace of, I'm just going to keep chugging with my knight. Uh, Alistair was not prepared for this. Alistair was on board with the revolution, and now this is a rude awakening to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, is it now my turn? Uh, it is top of the round, Alistair's turn. Okay, so I'm going to reach out for the fire hose and I'm going to try and spray it with water because my theory is... While wa- it's holding me. Yeah, well, I yeah, I probably haven't seen that, though. Like, I'm, no, I'm facing true. away. Because so I'm like, mm-hmm. if it's electricity, if I can't get outside to turn the power off, maybe I can try and short-circuit it with water. Okay. Um, yeah, roll for me to get it all unhooked and spray the thing down. Sure. That's a 10. All right, tell me how you do it. So I, without really seeing what's happening to Ernest, I open the door to the fire the fire hose and I unreal just enough to get it out and I like switch on the the tap as far as it'll go and when as the water starts spraying, I just turn around and like aim it directly into whichever largest clump of wires is closest to me. Okay, so as you do this, um, you hear the fizzle and crack of essentially what happens when you pour water onto an electric fire <laughs> and <laughs> there is this sort of humming that increases and then the lights ahead of above you that have been flickering explode and shower glass down on you. Sorry, Anna. And this creature, every speaker in this building lets out a boom, a sonic wave, and it's going uh, to roll damage on you guys. And you're both going to take five damage as your oh. eardrums are ruptured, more or less. Oh. And uh, your heads oh. are ringing and you feel sick. So Ernest kind of gets hit by the blast and kind of just slumps a little bit. Uh, and he's going to try and break free from the uh, stuff entangling him. Eleven. All right. Yeah. So he breaks free from the, the wires and is going to try and just like push his way back from the sound demon creature thing. <laughs> Do I have any other abilities other than breaking free and moving? Um, yeah, so you break free. I'll give you one other action. You can't make an attack, but you can do something else if you want since you've broken free. Uh, I'm going to punch the uh, fire alarm. Okay. Uh, you punch the fire alarm and water begins to 
spurt and you kind of have the same thing again of crackling uh, this time there is no electronic boom but it's sort of crackling and it doesn't sound good all right oh as the water kind of crackles this creature is going to very quickly start slinking back and it sort of withdraws itself from this office room back into the hallway into the dark leaving you two for the moment um okay. bleeding and in pain <laughs> I'm going to be like, just like patting my ears type of thing and kind of just slump back on the ground. I was like, okay, what the hell is this? I have no idea. I just, I just came and I found it. I found, I found um, Herb just like plugged into this machine and then I tried to wake him up, but it like woke him up and then it started attacking me. And I am... <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. I just had an idea. I'm gonna go and pick up some records. Um from I'm assuming there's a pile like Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, a crate that I tripped over. Bottles. I'm gonna pick up a pile of records and I'm gonna start walking back towards where it is recoiling itself. Okay. I'm gonna kinda of get to my feel like Well I mean it's it's all that cord stuff and it doesn't like the wood, should we just like switch off the power? Like, if it doesn't have a power source... I turn back and like, yes, can you go outside and try and find the fuse box and shut off the power to the building? As you're thinking about it and previous trips here, you remember that the um, radio station has two internal power rooms. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, which are essentially like giant fuse rooms for running the pretty massive amount of electricity. One is for the radio tower and one's for the station itself, and they are in the back left-hand corner. So you would actually have to pass by the recording room again in order right. to get okay. to them. <clears throat> there are transistors on the outside of the building. They're Destroying those could do though. something, but that's that's some okay. heck of damage. <laughs> heck and damage. Heck and damage, yo. All right, so I'm going to turn to Ernest. Okay, I'll hold it off. You need to get... There's a fuse room for the recording station on the other side of the recording room. If, if I can distract it and hold it off, can you go to the fuse room and switch off the power to the building? I know I'll give him the, the taser and I'll head off towards those rooms. Tell me what you guys are doing. So I am going to approach the creature and I am going to use my pile of records. As you step into the entrance of this hallway, you can see... In the darkness beyond, like a massive spider web, this thing in the back of the hallway, uh, well between you and the power room and the studio room as well, by the way, um, sitting like a massive tangled web of wires. And in the very centre, you can see the slightly curled, pale body of Herb that seems to be using him almost like a host almost like a conduit something that it is sort of revolving around he seems to be always at the center of this mass of wires okay i am going to and i have no idea if this is gonna work use my pile of records like frisbees <laughs> and attack the creature so i'm thinking should i roll twice because i'm gonna i, I don't want to hit herb so should i roll to hit the creature or damage the creature or something, but then also roll to attempt to not hit him. I think you would just attempt to roll to hit where you are wanting to. If you hit poorly, 
If you roll okay. poorly, maybe you only hit herb or you okay. hit a wall or whatever, all the size okay. it goes. I don't know what a plastic record is going to do to a bunch of wires, but this is what Alistair's thinking. I'd say about so a D4 of damage. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a five. All right. Um, <laughs> you throw it and you do D4 of damage, but you also smack herb in the face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I threw like six of them or something. Yeah. What, so. what was the album you threw? Yeah, um, looking at the looking at the covers as you're throwing them. So the records I throw are uh, whichever record of the Beatles contains "Here Comes the Sun." And uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I throw I throw Sergeant Pepper's at at the machine, and I also throw uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, at Wake up! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Beastie Boys, got to fight for your right. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Um, well, two of them hit the creature, one of them hit Herb. Or so only three D four. I, I think I think I'll say that, like, because it's only a record. Like three of them is one D four. Oh, okay. Damage. Sure. Plus I hit Herb as well. <laughs> That's that did one damage. <laughs> All right. Um, wow. But, yep. but I'm also hoping I'm distracting it as well. Like, that was the uh, it, it begins to move forward up this hallway. It's still taking up the entirety of the hallway okay. at the moment. Um, but it'll t- use its turn to get to you, basically. Okay. So, Alistair, you've got... Um, sorry, Ernest, you've got a turn. So I'm trying to distract it to give you an option to pass it, but we right. haven't got that yet. Okay, is the room to the recording area open? Can I get into that? Uh, it is for the moment, yes. There is the recording room, but to get to anything further on, you'd have to go straight Okay, through. I'm going to run into that room. Okay. Ernest, no, the, it's the, that's the wrong... Bro- uh. Uh, and uh. I'm going to look for anything I can break, pull cords out of, pull out dials, All right, unplug. Uh, give me a roll with advantage to know what is important enough. No, I'm not even looking for that. I'm just looking for anything to unplug and to kick and to... Well, give me a roll to see if you find anything that's important. Okay, so... Advantage. That's an 11 with advantage. Ooh. All right. You just start ripping out wires from mixing boards and power sockets and anything and everything that you can find. You are pulling stuff out of. And you hear... (laughs) I also just, like, pull out a record, smash it on my knee. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it on the ground. What's the record? Uh, The record is... Folsom Prison Blues. Sacrilege. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he does that and he's like, oh no. (laughs) No, pull out, smash it. That's not death metal. Chuck it to the side. (laughs) Yes. All right, you pull out wires and you hear a crackling of electricity as uh, electricity arcs between the plugs that you are uh, pulling and the sockets that they were in and there's a crack and a snap. And from the room outside in the hallway, you hear strangled, gurgling static and in the words are no stop please no and you hear the words please stop someone and then uh it's going to rush forward it's going to completely disregard alistair and it's going to take up the entirety of the entrance to the recording room and basically it is now in the room with you spreading out against the roof against the floor against the walls and it's just Ernest and this creature alistair you're free on your turn to move but it is the creature's turn now okay uh, so it's going to make two attacks against you because mm-hmm. it gets to make two. Oh. <laughs> Six and a two. All right. Yeah! Um, so, again, it's going to try to reach out for you. One, you duck over 
You duck as one swings over your head trying to slice you. But while you are ducking, um, another cord sneakily wraps around your ankle uh, and you feel the jolt of electricity uh, as it tries to electrocute you. And you take seven damage. Seven? No! Oh. Not for a fun. Okay. Seven. seven. Actually, no, sorry, that is a good point. It is actually Maybe it was a partial success, so it'll you'll take half the amount of damage. So I'll roll a d4. I gotta see how that goes. You take four. So we cut to Alistair. So I've thrown all of my Beatles records and I'm still holding the taser in my left hand. Uh, and I'm gonna pull out my razor in the right hand and I'm gonna attack from the back of the creature. And do I would I get advantage because it's not facing me? Yeah, you'll get advantage. I thought you were just gonna go. It is, it is distracted with Ernest. No, he's made That's, his decision. He's made yeah. his decision. He's I a could, big boy, he like, can make his decisions. I'm trying to like it's yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be quicker than... Because you're in the room, so... With advantage... That's a five. With advantage. Alright, mixed result. So you can attack and half damage. That's basically all we'll say. Okay, yeah, so I'll just slash at it with my razor, which is... D6, so take a D4, I guess, at disadvantage. Okay. Since you to half. One damage again! You cut a couple of wires... This thing pays no attention to you. All right, Ernest, it's your go. Ernest is going to pull out his pocket knife and continue tearing at cords and pulling out audio systems and punching out speakers. All right. <laughs> you can take more damage from... Knuckle damage from the speakers. Uh, all right. It... Uh, again, this is sort of howl of static. You hear through it pieces of advertisements and news broadcasts. As it says, we got a fantastic deal for you. And then at the um, <laughs> and then news broadcaster's voice, absolute destruction here. As it then um, is coming for you again. Nice, <laughs> very nice. Uh, and it's going to attack again. Great. And that one, it's like the oh, TV I... from Shaun of the Dead. And that too. <laughs> All right, it it basically gets tangled in itself and pulls out some more wires. Uh, trying to get to you and getting caught up in other things uh, and with a second attack it uh, tries to get to you but only gets itself tangled and it's going to take two damage to itself Alistair's turn alright so I'm going to run to the fuse room for the broadcast station not the fuse room for <laughs> the transmission tower alright and I, do I get to that room or do I need to yeah, you can just get to the room. Yep. You know where it is, roughly. It's down the hall, turn left, small door. Mm -hmm. um, you open it, and there's two different uh, sections. On the left-hand side is labelled um, transmission tower. Yeah. The right-hand side, uh, studio. So is there just a bank of breaker switches There's a bank of breaker switches, um, little dials that tell you what the, the rate is on all of them, and that sort of stuff. Okay. I'm just going to switch all of them off, like every, every breaker switch. On which one? On the... Uh, transmission, not not the tower, the other one, the recording, the studio. The, okay, yeah, that one. The studio. Um, everything powers down, and you hear this this hum that you almost had lost track of, and suddenly there's an absence and a quiet in your ringing ears that wasn't there before, uh, like someone's turned off your fridge. <laughs> yeah, and you, suddenly it feels very quiet. And as you step back out into the hallway, um, you can see cables sort of going limp and flopping and Ernest inside the recording studio 
this creature that was taking up so much space with its cables and cords kind of slowly deflates down until it is just Herb standing supported by these cables that are sort of draped around him and he's sort of swaying, eyes still rolled back in his head. Uh, what is Alistair doing? He's going to run up to the room and like call out. It's like, Ernest, you all right? I switched the, I switched the power off. You okay? Ernest is staring at Herb, still holding his pocket knife. He's going to kind of step closer. Uh, as, as you both enter the room and step closer, Herb's eyes that are still rolled back begin to um, dart and you sort of see the pupils return and the white back and the pupil back and then the white back and he kind of shakes and his voice, his mouth opens again and a voice that is not his comes through again and this time it says Vessel in distress, repeat, vessel in distress SSG Splitfin requesting immediate assistance. Hull breach. Pressure loss. Coordinates are 41.534907 slash 100.475412. Immediate assistance. This is SSG Splitfin. Please, for the love of God, someone squealing there's the squealing sound of steel and a scream and then static i think i wrote all that down right now alistair Knows that name. Uh, I... Well, first I'm going to be like, Ernest, you okay? Ernest is kind of swaying. He took a lot of damage. From 30, he has 11. Well, okay. <laughs> we came in here with, I think, 27 or something like that. Yeah. So Ernest is kind of swaying a bit and the, the pocket knife falls out of his hand. I'm like, hey, hey, Ernest, look at me. And he kind of like taps on his ears and kind of comes back too as... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you alright? Okay. Herb sort of turns slowly to you in this sort of daze. His eyes are still doing this weird in and out of focus thing and his mouth opens again and he says in a voice that you've heard before now. Mayday, repeat Mayday. This is Ranger Brett Pastel requesting assistance. Code, watchtower burning. I repeat, code, watchtower burning. I've been searching... I've been searching location 5, Hon Caves. I've sighted multiple missing persons. I need immediate backup. Please, Chief. Come on, this is urgent. Somebody pick up. I'm going to kind of like reach out as if like I'm going to like press on a walkie-talkie and I like grab his nose and I twist a little bit. I'm like, Brett, this is... <laughs> this is a smash. <laughs> All right, you reach out and you grab this old man's nose. <laughs> you say this to him. His eyes are still darting and his mouth sort of falls open again. And this time you hear a child's voice. Hello? Please, someone answer. I don't know where my mum is. She said she would be back by now. Please, I need help, someone. There's someone outside. I think he's found me again. 
please someone, I need someone, please help. Yeah, I'm at the old cove, the old one. Please, someone. I twist his nose back the other way. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Doesn't work. I like uh, Herb's nose. Herb's eyes, one after the other, kind of clunk, clunk back into their normal position. And he part, and he kind of falls backwards and passes out on the ground. I feel like as this is happening, um, when that happens, Alistair's going to start trying to cut the rest of the wires away from him. All right. What you find as you start trying to do that is that they actually pull out reasonably well. He's okay. not in great shape, but these things were, yeah, they weren't like deep, deep into him that you're going to be doing surgery to get them out. They're more like deep splinters. Okay. Weirdly enough. Interesting. I kind of watch him uh, sway back and forth again and seeing you pull him out. I was like, I was expecting a text. And then... Ernest faints as well. (laughs) (laughs) Great. How much psychological damage am I taking for this? You're taking an extra D4, I would say. Another D4. Took three more damage. Three more stress. Three more uh, stress. Yeah. Okay. So, so Alice is now standing in a room with two unconscious people. I I don't think he would think to try the radio or anything because the power is cut out and he knows that. But there are two things that he has picked up from that. Or three things, sorry. One, he knows he's heard of the split fin before. Two is that Watchtower Burning is a code. It's not a literal watchtower. It's some kind of code in the rangers station or some, mm-hmm. some, something to do with the rangers. It must mean something. And that there's a child that needs help at the old cove. Yep. So I just mentioning those because that's something that Alice has picked up. He's going to pull the rest of the cables off of uh, her, Herman. <laughs> I keep going Herb. to say Herman off Herb. He's going to try and wake... Uh, uh, Right. I want both of uh, Herb and tr- Ernest are going to make saving throws, which is really just to see if they regain consciousness. So anything okay. better than a, a six, they regain consciousness. This does not work out. <laughs> All right. Uh, Herb basically goes... Herb, 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 are you okay? Herb. Herb. Oh. <laughs> He's kind of like <laughs> looking around him as... <laughs> Where am I this time? <laughs> He's smoked too much of something. Herb, Herb, I put my hand on his shoulder. Herb, yeah, it's, no, uh, it's, it's Alistair. It's me. Al- look at me. Are you okay? Herb, Herb. Do I know you, man? <laughs> oh, great. It's me. Uh, he he gets up, Mare but he's, uh, he's pulling he's pulling wires out of him and off of me. He's going, ah, ow. But, oh, I'm going to be sick. Pulls out and goes, oh. And then he's, he's looking around very shakily, like, What happened to my Beatles records? Uh, Who did this? I tripped I over them. some bristles. Very sorry. Look, Herb, you, sit down, sit down. Look, I can get you some water or something. Where's my cat? Oh, uh, I think it ran off. It's okay. It, Nah, sorry, I didn't like it anyway. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna sit down very shakily and like look at. He sees suddenly sees Ernest. He's like, "Who's this cat?" 
Oh, he's uh, this is Ernest. He's a new park ranger. He's he's okay. He just fainted. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a real harsh one. Um, hold on, I think I've, I think I've got something for that. He's gonna start rummaging through desk drawers. <laughs> um, you see him pull out something like a little bottle or something. He opens it and then he goes. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> <laughs> I snatch it away from it, like, Herb, no, what are you doing? Um, you look at the bottle and it says like extra extra strength, all natural smelling salts. <laughs> I, I like, do Whoa. not trust that label. Well that's that <laughs> I put the cat back. Feeling on. better. No, no, you gotta give that to your friend there. I definitely am not gonna do that. And he's like, oh, give it to me. Give it I to me. It, I throw it away. <laughs> like, man. Like, Herb, Herb, man, what what happened, man? You were plugged into the you were plugged in you plugged yourself into the machine. What's going on? He's still kind of swaying. Hey, like, come on, come on. Really though, aren't we like all feeding the machine and whatever? Alright, so Herb is kinda holding his head and he's going. Wow. Um Herb, what happened? Oh man. Have I? Did I, like, black out or something? Yeah, yeah. I came in and you were sitting in that chair and you had all those wires plugged into you. Did plugged you know into you... me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, under oh, your skin. Oh, oh, Yeah, it was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, oh, mm. I got a weak stomach. This is... Oh, this is... Um, not my week, man. Um, Did you do this mm. to yourself? Me? No. What? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Last thing I remember, I think, I think I was, um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I remember now. Yeah? It was that freaky wavelength thing. Yeah. Uh, he starts rummaging through his, um, the papers and stuff on his desk. It's like, um, also you should probably put your friend there in like the recovery pose or something. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. Well, actually, no. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I turn around and then I look back and I'm like, what's the recovery pose? I think it's like where you put him on, like on his side and stuff, so he can't like choke. Oh, and vomit. right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Healing medical. I don't. I don't have a stat for that. So. Yeah, man. No. <laughs> I mean, like a doctor never is like totally not real. Herbal medicine's the way to go. Anyway. I yeah, could try rubbing okay, some crystals whatever. on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. Um, I've got some. I've got some. Uh, He'll be all right. Thank you. I've got you. some chickpeas here be- somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can use the liquid to uh, replace egg whites. He just pours like raw chickpeas over him. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, he rummages through the papers and stuff. And he says, "He's like, uh, for like the last, I don't know, uh, three months, six months, whatever. There's been this freaky." wavelength uh coming through uh, and i can't figure out where it's coming from no station uh has that wavelength it's like you ever heard of like the government using secret radio stations that don't actually like exist or they're not supposed to like exist i'm listening and there was oh no (laughs) yeah yeah man they're best friends yeah yeah man yeah so like in uh, like the cold war or whatever there would be these uh secret radio stations that didn't supposed to exist and people think they were like for spy communications um anyway i'm pretty sure i found one what was the frequency do you know oh it's here somewhere man this place is trashed what's going on it's like 
Look, if I find it, I'll I'll let you know. Uh, I feel like we should uh, help out your little uh, friend there. He walks up and he's just going to kick uh, Ernest. Ooh, like, hey, what like, are you doing? Him. No, stop. Um, and he's going to go through his pockets. Um, and he's like, oh, hold on, I've got some linseed oil. And he's going to start <laughs> rubbing it on um, on Ernest's forehead. It's like that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to do anything. <laughs> Oh, no. and then and then we just roll again he Scott rolls early forehead he rolls and then we both just like step like crossing our arms just like staring like two old men trying to figure out what's wrong with a car just like yeah huh, like, huh, I got, huh, weird i got a five. Oh, that's a mixed result all right you wake up and you have the worst headache of your life you're like See, look, I mean, like, essential oils, man. Huh. Why is my head oily? <laughs> <laughs> I lean down and I'm like, hey, Ernest. Why does everything smell like You're right, buddy. toast? Oh, that's the stroke, man. I don't think you had one of those. Oh, no, did I leave my... Oh, I think I left the toast in. Because <laughs> <laughs> you start looking around for a toaster. Um, hello. How are you doing? How are you? Me, man, I'm... I'm not so hard, actually. No, me neither. Yeah, uh, we should probably, like, uh, here. And he's going to go and get an actual first aid kit. I get this weird feeling like I've lost more than half of my health. In fact, probably around three quarters of my health. Uh, he comes back with, like, a really basic first aid kit. He's like, I mean, look, man, health is a really an abstract concept. It's more about well-being is really where it's at, you know? Um, I can't hear too well. Yeah, he's going to start. He's like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so he's going to start, he's going to start patching you up. He's got, he does have, um, he has some healing abilities. Some he has bit. some first aid abilities. Um, and he's going to do, you're going to take five, uh, health back Ooh. just for, he's going to basically, um, disinfect a couple of cuts. He's going to give you, um, a little, uh, handful of painkillers, and some water, and he's going to sit you up, and you're feeling a little better. I'll take no, like, I don't feel like this is going to be good for my antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man, don't mix your medication. That's a, that's a real bad... Take it from take it from one who's been there. That stuff will mess you up. Nah, yeah, don't do that. I take them. <laughs> so, Alistair's oh, okay. kind of, his adrenaline's worn off, and he's, like, starting to, like, oh, I actually don't feel so good either. Um, not quite as almost like you know I'm a few points less damaged you know if, if we were putting a numeric if it was on a metric score if it was on a metric you know scale of health he would be like you know maybe 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 a third of his health is gone right. so he's kind of like he's like oh okay I, right boys oh. right, right. Uh, you come with me he's gonna kind of help Ernest up and lead you both uh, out of the radio station out to his van he's gonna put you in the little ah. uh, <laughs> He's going to put you in the little folding chairs outside looking over oh, the hill okay. and you're thinking it's probably the early hours of the morning now. It's about two or three in the morning. And he's like, right, you stay here, make you some green tea. Uh, you can take a bit of a breather and then we'll see if we need to call you an ambulance, get you to emergency. Um, we'll see how we're doing. I think you guys are in okay shape, but you probably need to get an actual like person to look at you. And I'm like, I need to go to the hospital tomorrow. That was what my texts were about. Sweet man, sweet. He's gonna he's gonna go put the kettle on inside of um, the van. You can hear him rummaging around. What are you two gonna talk about? Hospital. Gina woke up. Oh, Gina woke up. 
Just for a bit. Yeah. Is she okay? I can't remember. Okay. I look at him and I'm like, something's... He's not, he's not good. He's not in a good place. I'm like, hey, okay. Did you hear what that creature was saying? I think I took too many painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> we should have rolled. It's like... Um, oh, yeah, do you want to roll? Roll to see if they make him better or if they make yeah, him yeah. worse. I'm not sure what that oil yeah, regardless was. It's, regardless it's done, it's healing work, whatever. Oh, three, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, okay, you stress. are tripping a little. No, you're not really tripping. You just feel woozy and sick. Okay. Like, I don't know what that oil was. I'm like kind kind of paying attention, but kind of okay. okay. The SG. Did you hear the what I'm saying about the SG SSG split fin? Did you hear that? The distress call. Yeah. 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 That. That, yeah. that was it. That okay. I I did some reading on this a couple of years ago. That was a experimental military submarine that went missing in this area. But but get this. That was in the 1950s. That that was not that was not a live broadcast. That wasn't a that wasn't a, a, a radio station. That that was that was old, like really old, like 80 years ago. And he kind of just like heart to like half shrugs, like oh, maybe it didn't shut down. Maybe there's maybe there's you know they just the crew will be dead by now. Like that was that was the 50s. That was like during the start of the Cold War. That was. Forever ago. Yeah, but they could still be doing it now. It no, could just be they... the name of it now. No, it, it can't. That, like, that was... He, got, he does a bit of a shrug and it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, man, it was just using stuff to talk to us. Like, I doubt Brett's even actually doing something right now. He might have just oh, been right. taking voices to say stuff. Now, okay, actually, actually okay, okay, Ernest. I need you to focus. <laughs> he now looks at you and his eyes are swimming around and he focuses to like the right of you. It's like, yes, what do you need? <laughs> like not look quite, like look at my shoulder. Yes, what do you need? Like, and uh, Herb okay. sticks his head out of the, the window and he's like, yeah, man, what does any of us really need, you know? And it's hey, like uh, he just, <laughs> he stares out at like the ocean and the stars. He's like, do you guys ever feel like, I don't know, where like, conduits for something bigger than us you know like some kind of more cosmic purpose i look at him and anyway it's just a thought sticks his head back like goes back into the van (laughs) he makes me feel uncomfortable yeah me too anyway i I can hear you guys that's fine man yeah yeah you do i don't feel comfortable around you that's fine i'm not feeling too comfortable myself (laughs) okay oh there's the cat <laughs> it runs away <laughs> like across the car park. Yeah, it, well, it, it jump no, it jumps into the back of my car through the broken window and like sits in my car. Yeah, I'll well, screw you too. <laughs> I will. Fifteen years, and that's what I get. <laughs> I will name him Puddings. <laughs> can we have a cat for the rest of the podcast? There's a cat in the back of your car if it stays there. <gasps> can we? Can we? When we get in the car, can we roll for cat? We can roll for cat. I have animal handling that, skills. Yes, we get it. We get advantage on that. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Aside from business. rolling for cat. Okay, Ernest. Uh-huh. You have read the park. I'm assuming park rangers have some kind of handbook or right. You've read of that, course. right? Yes. Of course. Okay. Do you have a list of codes for, like, expediency of, like, if there's an emergency, you have a code word? 
Something like that. There are code words, okay. but usually uh, it often depends on a location to location. So if there right. were specific ones here, I mean, technically I'm now like the park chief because I'm the only one there. So I have okay. full control over all their paperwork. So if there's, right. if there's so, information... So there, there should be it. a list of island-specific code words, right? Yes. Which would be at the ranger station, correct? Yes. Okay. There would so. also be a map that shows that in the instance of an emergency, which areas of the island would be numbered for different patrols or searches to make things simpler so it's not like, oh, I'm searching this street and this street. It's like, no, I'm searching section A, I'm searching section 2. No, right. no, numbers okay. and yeah, letters yeah, yeah. are different. Th that's all right. <laughs> okay, so, but information like that would be at the ranger station, right? Yes. Okay, Alice, Alice is going to take out his phone and he's going to write that in, as well as he's going to write in the split fin, he's going to write in the, um, the watchtower burning as a code, all that stuff. He should take some photos of um, Herb's arms with the... Yes, yes, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's going to be like, Herb! Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Can you, can you come over here a minute? Uh, sure, he comes out with the tea, uh, and they're in big handmade pottery mugs that he's obviously made himself. Like, this one's for you, this one's for you, this one's for me. <laughs> Brings out a bottle of whiskey and pulls out in this no, one's no, no. for me. No, 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 he's a clean living boy. That's true. Okay. What he's done in the past is, is off the table. <laughs> like, thanks, I take it. I go, hey, can I, can I take a photo of your arm? Yeah, man, and he's looking to pose like a bodybuilder. <laughs> All right, I take a couple of photos and I will note down that I have those. Yep, so you're taking photos of the wounds in his arms. It's like, yeah, I ooh, I don't know. I think I might need a couple of stitches. Ooh, I don't want that. Okay. So I have taken photos of that, and then I'm going to just sit back and like, okay, I'm not feeling that well, and I'm going to just sip my tea and not say much. Thank you.